Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Hayden Crabtree. Thanks for being on the show, Hayden. Pumped to be here, Whitney. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to have you on the show. Just reading your bio and getting to talk to you a little bit. You have some great energy about you, and, and I'm looking forward to just hearing your bio and, and hoping that the listeners are listening because uh, I think you can help many of them. He is the author of the best-selling book, Skip the Flip. I'm holding it up in the video right now. I hope he, he was gracious enough to send me a copy, and I hope you will look him up and his book. But Secrets, the number one percent or 1% know about real estate investing. He's partnering two real estate businesses, and he was financially free by age 24. He didn't do that by sitting on his hands, that's for sure. So uh, Hayden, thank you so much for being on the show and grateful for your time. Let's just jump right in. I want the listeners to know a little more about your story because uh, I know they are, they're going to be inspired by that. And let's just jump into a few things, how you made that happen. Absolutely. Well, first, thanks so much for having me. And I want to talk a little bit about how I got to where I am. By no means am I, am I done on my journey in any sense, but I've, I've done a lot for a 24-year-old. We'll take it back to the beginning. I always knew growing up that I wanted to be a business owner, wanted to be an entrepreneur of some, some sort, but I didn't really know what that looked like. I ended up going to college at the University of Georgia, being a bulldog. And in that process, I just absolutely despised classes. I love college life, but I hate the classes part, you know. So, it really made me think and in, in more and more about, you know, why is the system kind of the way it is? Why did I have to go to an English literature class when I wanted to do business, you know? And I didn't really like having people tell me what I had to do just because they thought that was a great idea. I wanted to be able to control whatever it was that I was going to do. So, one day sitting in class, a group came around about a start your own business, become an entrepreneur internship, and they passed the clip board around for anybody who was interested in that. I signed up somehow. I struggled my way through interviews, but I ended up doing that. And, you know, it was interesting. They told me, hey, you're going to be an entrepreneur. It's going to be awesome. You're going to learn all these skills. But it wasn't until they got you fully hooked and committed that they told you what it was going to be doing. So, a little bit after the fact, they tell you, hey, you're going to go back to your hometown in the summer and you're going to be painting exterior houses for people. And I go, wow, that is not at all what I thought I'd be doing with my summers uh, in my life is going back to my hometown, which, you know, I'm in Georgia and it gets really hot here in the summers to be running an exterior painting business was not my favorite thing to do. But I learned in that journey a lot of great things about business. But one of the most important things that I learned was actually an interaction I had with a customer. You know, whenever you try and set up an appointment with somebody to say, hey, I'd love to paint your house, you know, try and sell them on all you can do for them. Well, I had this one customer who said, hey, I'd love to paint your house and here's all the benefits. What time can you meet me at the house? And most of the time people would respond with, oh, well, I can meet you out there after work, 637. But this guy just responds, I can meet you out there whenever. I go, huh, that's interesting. You know, and I ended up meeting him out there 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon or something like that. I was working and apparently he was working too and I didn't really understand. He said, oh yeah, this is one of my rental properties. And that's when something kind of clicked in my head. Like, okay, this guy's driving a nice truck. He's meeting me at whatever time he wants. Nobody's telling him what to do. I got to learn more about this. So, 
that led me to picking up a little purple book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which changed the entire course of my life. As soon as I finished that book, I got on Google and just typed in real estate investing because I knew I had to learn how to acquire real estate assets that would pay me every month. So how old were you during this time? 18, 19. Okay. And you were actually operating the the painting business at this time? That was the summers in between college. When I went back to college, then the painting business was no more. And I was just, you know, I was, I was a college kid. I had two to three hours of class a day and the rest of the day I could do whatever I wanted, you know, and a lot of people chose to play video games or hang out. And that's just, I said, you know, this is not, that's not where I want to be. That's not who I am. And I got to learn, I got to use this time while I have it because whenever this whole college thing is done, I don't want to be working for somebody else, just like I don't want to go to class. So that led me right after I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I got on Bigger Pockets. I found this guy local in my town talking about how he had wholesale some duplexes, bought them back, refinanced them, just made all this money. And to me, this just sounds too good to be true. I, I was never taught anything like this in high school. I was never taught this in my business classes, anything like that. So I just called the guy up and I said, hey, I'd love to take you out for a cup of coffee. And he told me, I don't drink coffee, but you can meet me in my investment property in 15 minutes. I said, I'm getting in my car. So I went over there and I met the guy and I said, look, I'll do whatever it takes to learn this business. And he said, okay, show up at my house tomorrow. So I started working for him for free. I didn't have much money. I didn't have any skills. I had less than $2,000 in my bank account. I didn't have any skills whatsoever that could contribute to his business. But I said, I'm going to do whatever I can to add value to his business. So every single day after I got out of classes, and sometimes I wouldn't even go to classes, I just go work for him for free, learning every single aspect of the business. He was doing, you know, flips, wholesales, and then trying to 1031 up into apartment complexes. Through that process, I just gained a real world experience of, of how things actually work in the business. And that's kind of how I got started. After about a year, he told me, he said, hey, we weren't planning on doing this for any continued length of time, but you've just been crushing it. You've been adding so much value. I can't do anything but make you a partner in this business. So that's how I finally figured out, hey, how can I get into real estate with no money and by helping other people at the same time? And that's kind of my journey to where I got into real estate. Whenever I took the real estate investments course in college, which Georgia's number four real estate program, I owned more investment property than the professor teaching the real estate investments property course. So that's whenever I realized like, hey, something is wrong here with this system. They are not they are not teaching you true success. They're teaching you principles, but they're not teaching you actions. And that's what led me to go in and write my book so that I could spread, here's how things actually work. Because for me to own more investment property as a professor teaching the course, it just didn't make much sense to me. That doesn't make much sense to me either. Not at all. Well, Hayden, I, I love that the drive that you have jumping in there and making it happen. You know, I've said so many times on the show, I know the listeners have heard me say, go work for free. And I know that's everybody's not in that position, you know, where they're in college or where they're able to to actually do that. You know, or maybe they already have a family or whatever. But I would also say that there's probably some hours through the week where you could work for free. You know, even if you still have another job and potentially a family, there's probably some time when you could do that or add value to somebody. Tell me a little bit about though how that relationship progressed and what you actually did for him. Because I know some people are thinking, now, wait a minute, how could I add value to this other real estate entrepreneur? Maybe they've met somebody and, and they want to try to offer that same kind of service. Absolutely. So, you know, in the beginning, like I said, I had no, I didn't even know what a contract was. I didn't know what due diligence was. I didn't know the difference between a single family house and a flip versus a commercial, you know, value add project. I had no idea about anything, but what I did have was the ability to like, I mean, I've got a bookshelf and I just, I will read and consume and say, how can I apply this information? 
But for me, it comes around to a mindset of like value first. You know, you have to be willing, even if you don't know how you can add value, you need to figure out a way to add value. Examples are like he had a really messy key system for all of his 200 plus rentals. Just one day I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to reorganize this entire key system process and you didn't even ask me to do it, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to make it effortless and I'm going to take anytime you need to find a key, you're going to know exactly where it's at. He had a contract on a property he needed to get. I had never signed a contract before with anybody. He needed to go to his kid's soccer game. Hey, don't worry about it. I'll drive the 45 minutes. I'll go get the contract signed. I'll bring it back. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. So it really comes around to a mindset. A lot of people want to think about, hey, like, oh, well, I don't know. I might make a mistake. I don't know what I'm doing. I think I should read or consult somebody first. And I was just so, I will figure this out and I will make it happen. And listen, you're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes, but that's just part of it. It's guaranteed to happen. It is guaranteed to happen. And no doubt if you're, if you, if you don't make the first step because you're afraid you're, you're never going to get anywhere. Right. But I also want to highlight, you know, you said almost after a year of working with him. Tell me about, I mean, a year of working for free for somebody. What was that relationship like? Because some people are like, there's no way I'm going to work for free for a year. You know, obviously it's paid off for you, you know, but tell me about what that was like over that year a little bit. Did you continue to do more work, different types of work? You know, was he kind of mentoring you along the way? And what did that look like? So whenever people ask me that, I always think back to the story of it was an extremely hot fall day. All of my friends were at a rooftop pool party, college party. And I was sitting there sweating profusely at this junker flip house in let's call it a D class area that they were flipping, painting the exterior of the house because I knew how to paint exterior houses and I didn't really know how to do much else. So I said, Hey, you know, I'll paint your house for you for free. So here I am sitting out here. All my friends are at a rooftop pool party and in the middle of my day, I'm out here working for free, painting some guy's house for free. And I just, the paint gun breaks on me. And I'm just thinking to myself, what in the world am I doing right now? All of my friends kind of asked me, hey, where have you been? What have you been doing? But for me, I had complete conviction that maybe that situation wasn't the best, but the skills that I was going to come out with and the freedom that I was going to gain, it would all be worth it. I just kept telling myself it would all be worth it. You know, so there's a lot of times whenever you're working for free, especially for a long period of times, you start to doubt yourself. You start to doubt your plan, but I had to stick to it. So, you know, that's a little bit about like an internal fortitude that you have to have if you're going to follow that game plan. And that's essential to know from the start, you're going to have doubts. You're going to have downturns. Everything isn't going to be happy, joy. I'm working for free. This is awesome. You're, you're, at some point, you're going to really hate yourself and say, what are you doing? You know, go get a job and make some money. But the skills, I mean, I read a Robert Kiyosaki quote that said, when you're young, you should work to learn, not work to earn. And I really took that to heart. But I was very fortunate that I, and I think it came with the mindset that I approached it with, that I very rapidly progressed and showed my mentor trust that I could take on bigger and bigger tasks because I wasn't always, hey, how do I figure this out? How do I figure that out? Now, without a doubt, whenever I'd have questions to consult and follow property tours and, and deal management and that kind of thing, shadowing, I was, I was constantly learning, constantly getting a very first hand. And in whatever way I can, this kind of comes back to it, I would find ways to add value. And through the process of adding value and figuring out, you get a self-education, then you also have someone who's been there and done that saying, hey, no, you're going down this path. I've done that before. That's not good. You need to go down this path. And those are the things that you really can't learn 
until you're in the actual situation. You're not going to learn it from a book or anything like that. So it was a great relationship where I, I would do literally anything for knowledge and, and the opportunity to learn. And, you know, it paid off and I got great coaching along the way. So what about uh, any pushback from uh, maybe family or people that you trusted saying, Hayden, you know, this is, you know, it's been six months and you're still working with this guy for free. You know, you could be earning some money over here at the Burger King. Any pushback like that? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I come from a very supportive family, but my parents at one point kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's like, you're going to college for a real estate degree. Why are you working for free for, you know, real estate knowledge? And definitely some pushback, but that's where you're the only one on this journey. These other people aren't really on the journey with you. you. You know, they can tag along and they can meet you at the destination, but you have to go through that journey yourself. And it's something you want to do. You have to be willing to have conviction when other people don't necessarily agree with you, even if they're right. Even if they say, hey, you need to watch out and you need to do this. I mean, I think you should take advice, but you're also going to have to just do it yourself to learn it. So a little bit of pushback, but nothing, nothing that would get me off track, you know? Yeah. You know, what is it that really gave you that, the figure it out mentality, you know, just that you're going to, that drive and, and the, the push through, you know, that you have, well, is there anything that's helped you like develop that mindset? I mean, I was a football player in high school and on a very successful team, but I, I really don't know where it came from. I think that during my painting internship, which I kind of got myself into something that I didn't really want to get myself into, but kind of being a football player and a sports player, I always knew that like I would never quit. I'm never going to quit something. Well, whenever that mentality broke into my entrepreneurial painting venture, and you know, a month in, you're like, this is horrible. I hate my life. I'm working a hundred plus hours a week. By the way, the entire summer that I painted, I only made like $2,000. So I worked the entire summer for like $2,000 and it was awful. But I knew that I wasn't going to quit because I wanted those lessons. So I just think that kind of rolling that mentality and that experience into like, hey, if I just keep going, I kind of realized that the biggest thing that I could take away right now is the lessons that are going to make me successful. Tell us about your the first deal that you were a part of compared to maybe the, the last deal that you've completed and maybe your focus right now. Sure. So the first deal I completed. It's like what hear, type of property or, you know, what was it? So whenever I hopped on with my mentor kind of shadowing him, I mean, I have a unique story because I got to see firsthand the types of deals he was doing and then watch and then cherry pick what I wanted to do, which is a very useful experience. But I would say the first deal that kind of I watched or that I got into myself, it was through a partnership with my mentor, self-storage complex in just below Atlanta that was uh, an owner finance deal that we found off market, underwrited it, all the numbers made sense, value add, and still on that property today for cash flow. So that's kind of the first one that I got into. I mean, you know, it was, it was a 20,000 square foot commercial facility, which is awesome. And then the last deal that I've done as of right now, we're doing about 100,000 square foot a storage facility development in Southwest Florida that's currently in the works. Awesome. So is storage your, your focus? Yes. I love self-storage. I mean, I would do other asset classes, but as an operator, as a deal finder, you know, back to my journey, midway through my journey and working for free a little bit after that year, we stumbled across a self-storage facility, really had no idea anything about self-storage at the time. 
and it kind of came through our deal flow system of, of normal residential houses and small apartment complexes where we were working. You know, a guy said, hey, I don't want to sell my house to you guys, but I'll be more than happy to sell this self-storage facility. So we looked at it and it was a compelling opportunity and said, you know, what the heck, we'll go for it. So we bought that first one, really not knowing what we're doing and then just dove in as hard as we could learning that asset class. And, you know, it's been, it's been awesome. Since that time, we've bought 13 facilities in five different states, about half a million square feet. So self-storage is, is a great asset, in my opinion, for a number of different reasons. It doesn't mean it's the best asset, but it has been very good through the, the COVID situation and the downturns and income has uh, actually gone up through these periods. So it's a great asset for a lot of different reasons. We could dive into that if you wanted. Or Yeah. And you said 13 facilities and what, how, how long did it take you all to close that many properties? From the very first one, it's been probably two and a half years now. So at one point in, I want to say 2019, we were buying a facility uh, about every other month. So we we're just kind of stacking them up. We gung ho on it and said, you know, we're going to go all in on this self storage thing. And we might have gotten our feet in a little too quickly. I'd say we dove in head first without checking the depths of the water. Thankfully, it's worked out, but we know a lot more now and making educated I would decisions so. about it than we did back then. So there's a lot of things now whenever we analyze opportunities, we go, man, I, you know, like if I didn't know this, we'd probably be saying yes, like we did two years ago. Were, were all these with the mentor, the same mentor? Correct. Correct. Wow. Found the mentor, worked for free for a year, pushed through, and now look at the partnerships that's been created since then. That's uh, incredible. Uh, so yeah, so highlight a little bit why self-storage, and then we'll have to jump to a few final questions. Sure, absolutely. So self-storage is, it seems like everyone's heard a little bit about self-storage and everyone kind of thinks it's just this gold mine of a business, but what a lot of people don't don't realize is it's a lot more like, a, say, a retail business than it is a traditional rental apartment complex type business. But it's very, very intriguing for us. One of the main things, main benefits that I like about self-storage is you can raise your tenant's rate every 30 days. You don't have to wait for a 12-month lease to expire. So whenever, you know, someone is up for renewal, then our, our software automatically detects, you know, hey, this person is ripe for a rent increase. And one thing that I really love about it is if you've got a, a big unit packed full of stuff and I raise your rent from, let's say 6%, if I raise your rent from 50 to $53, you're probably not going to pack up all your stuff and move out over $3 versus if you raise someone's rate 6% and you know they're renting an apartment at $2,000 a month, they might be leaving over the rent increase. So one of the reasons I really like self-storage is that on a percentage basis, you have so many more tenants. Now their incomes are a lot lower per tenant, but you have so many more tenants that whenever you do actually raise the rents, you can on the same level increase your income, but you have a lot more customer retention, which is one of the things I really like about it. It's very numbers driven business. We like that about it. We like the diversity in terms of how many tenants we have on a $2 million, $3 million property. You could have 400 tenants and that offers really good diversity for your income. If 10% of your tenants get hit with a job loss, and that's really not going to impact you as much as say 10% of your call it 200 unit apartment complex or not even 200 units, probably 50 unit apartment complex. So for that reason, it's, it's extremely interesting. I mean, the fact that self-storage does well in downturns, it's kind of driven by people needing to downsize their houses or running into crisis. That's one of the good things that we can be there to help provide a product that people need. 
You know what I mean? So we also love the fact that it's very simple model. You know, it's concrete slab with metal buildings and metal doors, and there's not much when a tenant moves out. You know, there's no toilets, no painting units, no anything like that. It's just kind of, hey, grab the broom, sweep it out, throw a new lock on it, and let's rent it tomorrow. Hayden, what's been the hardest part of the syndication process or, or business for you to get in? That's a good question. I would say personally for me, my age, you know, being 24 years old, a lot of people think that I should still kind of just be starting my career, figuring out what I want to do with life. You know, people tell you, you're young, you'll figure out what you want to do with life. It's like, no, I know what I'm doing with my life. You know what I mean? So just overcoming the, the obstacle and the barrier of being a young guy who wants to do a lot, who wants to do big deals and overcoming and building that trust with investors to say, yeah, he's young, but he knows what he's doing. So for me personally, it's kind of been the, you know, hey, have you even graduated college yet? You know, kind of thing. It's, yeah, I have and check out the track record. So age. So what's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Very interestingly, I don't know about apply to yours, but in self-storage, it seems like there's always some sort of new product tip or trick that has come out. I would say that we've really doubled down and it's been extremely important during these times when people are a lot harder to spend a dollar to actually become really, really excellent at marketing your business that comes to self-storage and that really comes to any kind of business. So just becoming and leveling up our online advertising and direct response marketing to customers has probably been one thing that if I would recommend to anybody, you know, I think marketing can solve all of your problems, whether it's getting new tenants or getting investors or whatever it may be. If you can become excellent at marketing and really double down, partner with experts in that field, you'll see a big increase. What's your your best source for meeting new investors? Events. I mean, I, I love to go to events, one, to learn, but also two, to meet the people that go there. I'd say that's probably where my most quality relationships that I have is, you know, other people that I've met at events, whether it's been local or national or international events. Is I just, I love to go to real estate events, capital raising events, business events, whatever it may be. It's my biggest, biggest source. You know, I had a goal to go to one a month this year and kind of been a little bit wrecked so far this year. So I've got to catch up the rest of the year when things start opening back up. What type of events outside of, say, real estate events? I mean, I, I go to general business events. So uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Family Office Club. I love the Family Office Club. They are not just real estate. They focus a lot on real estate, but, you know, they bring in tech investors. They bring in angel investors. They bring in agriculture people where it's just a mix of so many people from so many different fields coming in and saying, hey, I've got this. Hey, I'm looking to invest in this. And it's a great just kind of melting pot of high level people doing deals that, you know, you're really not going to experience anywhere else. There's a lot of money in the room and there's a lot of good quality people as well. So that's kind of been my favorite, just general business, entrepreneurship, capital raising. And they're kind of all over, right? Those they go everywhere. I mean, they go from Singapore to New York to Dallas, Texas. So great resource. They host a lot of online webinars that are, are really good too. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? the ability to just figure it out, even whenever you have internal doubts, you know, is that if you got a little voice telling you don't do that, then sometimes maybe you shouldn't do it. But a lot of times that's your inner enemy holding you down and keeping you from progressing. So if you're kind of scared, if you're nervous, if you're going to have a conversation with somebody and you're a little shaky about it, then you should, you should go do it and do it again and again and again until it becomes comfortable. Cause that's, that's how you level up in life is figuring out where am I uncomfortable and then repeatedly doing that. How do you like to give back? 
give back? That's, that's a great question. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about giving back and what can I do in that regards? Uh, I mean, I've been on mission trips and I absolutely love that. I need to go on some more, but giving back is an area of my business that I don't do enough of. I have a friend that has a great real estate business called Give Back Real Estate, which is a, a realty business in Athens, Georgia. Um, I like to be involved in helping whatever way I can, but he has a very unique setup where all of the realtors in that office give back 10% of their commissions to local charities chosen by their clients. So that's been a really inspirational model over the last 12, 12 to 18 months. I've given back about $350,000 to local charities. That's really cool to see. That's awesome. Appreciate you sharing that, Hayden. I'm grateful for your time being on the show. I love for the listeners and, and guys who are uh, and gals who are getting started and, you know, and some of them have been in that getting started mode for a long time, you know, and, and just love hearing stories like yours where you just jumped in there and said, I'll figure it out and even work for free if I have to, even if it takes a year and, and look how that's paid off. I, I just, I love that drive and, and just to figure it out the mentality. Uh, Hayden, how can people get in touch with you and also find your book, Skip the Flip? Absolutely. So get in touch with me. You can email me or reach me through Instagram. My Instagram is Hayden Crabtree. You could email me Hayden at HaydenCrabtree.com. I really want to invite everyone the book, Skip the Flip. I wrote the book not to make money in any way, shape or form. I wrote the book because I wanted to share. I was getting asked every single week from people who wanted to be a real estate investor, who wanted to know more about what I do. How do I actually do it? What is the strategy? What is all the kind of the behind the curtain things that seasoned real estate investors know that the average person doesn't know. And it's not because we're smart or anything. It's just that people aren't taught these. So I wrote my book, Skip the Flip, Secrets to 1% Know About Real Estate Investing to Spread Knowledge. If anybody wants the book or audio book free, they can get it. Just go to HaydenCrabtree.com forward slash free book. And you can download it there for free. Anybody can have it. If you want the physical copy, you can go buy it off of Amazon. Just type my name in or skip the flip and it should come up. It's a red book. But yeah, so, you know, reach out to me, Hayden at HaydenCrabtree.com and grab the free book, HaydenCrabtree.com forward slash free book. Awesome. That's a wrap, Hayden. That's amazing. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.